This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive, but necessary, and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapist, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Car Debate. Hello again, everybody. It is Friday. Happy Friday to all of you. Hope you've had a good week. We've had a crazy week, and in the midst of it, my dear friend and co-host Paul has been struggling with the fact that if he talks very long, he starts coughing. Man. So that has been your recovery time. But you are back, and you're powering through on this podcast. P- speaking of powering through, I want to I want to applaud you. I'm, I'm, I'm currently applauding okay, you. Okay, thank you, thank you. Because if you've watched our piece that just dropped yesterday, the Elantra WRX piece. That was the beginning of the descent for you, for your, for your voice. Yeah, and yeah, you, it was. you powered through a couple yeah. of shoots in a day, speaking to camera and surviving. And you can hear it in your voice in that piece. And some of you that have watched it have acknowledged it. And that is that is Paul being a professional and going. There's work to do. So thank you, buddy. I appreciate it, man. It's nice to be on the podcast with you. And thanks to Chance for filling in for me last yeah. time. And yeah, bronchial stuff. My sister's an RN, and she just says bronchial stuff just takes a long time to heal. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at. But yep. been feeling better, been on uh, you know some good antibiotics. So here I am. We've got to jump into the top of the podcast news, which includes the Polestar 4 being mm-hmm. announced. And it's missing its rear window. <laughs> I wouldn't read about this. What'd you think? It- it looks cool, okay? It looks And cool-ish. I understand they're going to do a camera, so you've got a rearview mirror. And, and I also, I get, I get that they've got a huge panoramic roof. I get that too. But the guy that is quoted <laughs> as saying that it, what, what's, his, what's his quote here about how it, it, a new immersive rear occupant experience? This person needs, I don't know, I don't know what the Oscars are for marketing, but he deserves he one in the automotive deser- space sure, because what you are right. essentially doing is you are rebranding claustrophobia. Welcome to our new sensory deprivation tank Enabling on wheels. a new kind of immersive rear occupant experience, making you claustrophobic. It, yeah. Here's the what thing. Mean? You're counting on the driver. And, and I like them, but you hate them. You're counting on the driver to open the panoramic sunroof all the time. Otherwise, it is claustrophobic back there. Unless there's screens to keep you placated the whole time showing and some sort of You can look out the side windows, but it's, it's just going to be dark back there. Well, this brings up a rearview mirror rant from me. Okay, good. Hey, we're ready for a rant. Do it. Because when I get into cars, I notice that most people have the exterior side view mirrors pointed at the back of the car. Mm-hmm. And this is incorrect. Mm-hmm. Every time I think, well, they're on the outside. They're on the side of the car. So use them. For the side. To look down the sides. So they shouldn't be pointed at the back of the car. That's what your center rear view mirror is for. These mirrors should be pointed actually in your blind spots because most people actually don't look over their shoulder anymore. And when they're changing lanes, they just rely on the technology. Mm-hmm. Well, that's but the thing. If you angle them so the edge of the mirror closest to the vehicle, that is aligned with the side of the car. So you can't see the side of the car at all. Like the, at, the, at the absolute most, you should see the tiniest hint of the door handles. Yes. That's as close to the car as they should be. If you're Correct. looking, and I was taught this way. I was taught the wrong way. If you're looking, half your mirror is down the side of your car to look at the rear of your car. You're missing a bunch of stuff that mirror could get you. I want to draw a white whiteboard diagram i want to draw the top of the car here's here's the plan view here's where your mirrors are this is the field of view that your mirror should see but now that middle section that middle mirror you cannot see out if there's cameras great they make it up for cameras that's just fine which it sounds like they will problem solved but on the other hand 
everybody's used to looking at the rearview mirror mm-hmm. and looking behind them. And it actually does help for things like when you're backing up because spatial distance on a monitor on a closed circuit TV camera is more difficult. Obviously you have the sensors, but it has the yellow, the, the, the green, red and yellow bars, yes. Paul. But then if there's ever driving school taught with these cars where somebody jumps mm-hmm. in, looking over your shoulder while backing up is completely negated. But un- unfortunately, this is the thing about it, though, is this when you when you remove the back window, you are embracing the fact that you don't want people to bother to turn around. I mean, we've yes, already seen this. Encouraging it. We've already seen this in some drivers where and, and I'm sure you you listening have, have seen it as well. You can always tell in the parking lot when the person backing up beside you is weirdly looking off into nowhere yeah into the vague center of the car because they're backing entirely off their screen <laughs> they're like are you staring into sp- oh you're back and the up. number of times that i want I, I, this sounds weird but the number of times i want to like get out and like wave my hands by their window to see how long it takes for them to even notice me yeah but, but we are becoming more and more reliant on these sensors and and now on this car you're going to have to be now, I understand that imagine a delivery van, like Ford Transit van that has the windows blacked out. Or it's sure, just a, a panel van, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drivers have been using these vans for UPS decades. UPS vans so uh, like crazy. Definitely yeah. understand that humans are able to do this. So really then, what it comes down to is we, we can solve this with cameras and mirrors. We can solve this problem. So yeah. it comes down to a choice from a design standpoint. Is this what you want? Well, if you're mm-hmm. trying to trap people in the back. <laughs> no, give them an immersive rear occupant immersive. experience. Immersive Mm -hmm. at that point means not looking out of the windows Mm -hmm. and therefore entertained by screens. We already are. When you're in a car, isn't the whole fun of being in a car and riding in the back, looking out the window and looking at the world because not anymore. I guess not. (laughs) That's died. (laughs) I I guess whenever I ride with somebody, I see new things. Sure. I'm sure things I never noticed, but you probably are also riding the front. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm riding the front, but my eyes can linger on things that I otherwise would look away from. My eyes are looking back on the road. Yeah. So then I notice new things and I see the world differently. That's the fun of riding. My son did really well on our road trip, partially because he has a phone. Well, yes, And we have data and he watched things. (laughs) <laughs> on the way back Just blew up the on data, the way I'm back sure. he watched dark night on netflix on his phone streaming yes fantastic now while i am glad he was occupied and he picked a great movie there was a part of me that was just like somewhere christopher nolan is weeping he's weeping <laughs> okay that you're watching it in the daylight with the sun streaming in the side of the window on your phone the dark night <laughs> Which is an incredibly dark film. Actually, he made use of, we have the little sunshades in the back window. Oh, yeah, right. right, right. That reminds us of the fate. There's a lot of things. Exactly. So he used the sunshade. And actually, uh, speaking of that, I used them at one point and got work done. I sat in the back, which has more space than it's had before. Okay. With my laptop on my knees, very comfortably, believe it or not, with the sunshade up. And I edited did you really? While we were driving. I mean, I wasn't driving. My wife was driving. <laughs> I, I edited. Yeah, I, I'm not that good. I see that. I'm not that good. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So it is possible. It's amazing what sunshades can do. But in this thing, you won't even need a sunshade because you have the immersive rear occupant. I experience. guess so. I'm going to keep beating on it because it's so fun for me. A, a, continuing the addiction to screens. You know oh, yeah. it means mm-hmm. a screen. Yeah, yeah. 
and some sort of scent and the materials and it's immersive and you might as well like shut the hatch to the cocoon and you're in the <laughs> deprivation chamber and like oxygen chamber. Okay. <laughs> this is called, according to Polestar, an electric performance SUV coupe. Mm-hmm. A new breed of SUV. I didn't mm-hmm. know we needed a new breed. but There it is, man. New breed here. lines are blurred even more. The breed is here. It is the fastest production Polestar to date with a 3.8 second zero to 60 miles an hour. Wow. Derived from a maximum output of 544 horsepower. Also a claimed 347 mile range based on the worldwide harmonized light vehicle test procedure. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't either. That exists. But apparently apparently that exists. All right, yeah. So the dual motor has 544 horsepower. The Mm -hmm. single motor version, which is available and only in rear wheel drive, that's only 272 horsepower. But it'll be 272 electric, which means it'll have good torque, which means it will still actually drive probably plenty fast for the average person and we'll get nicely sideways. Sure. That, that's what I read there. Just, just, that's the drift version. So the that's drift the drift version. Model, the Polestar drift. Well, also because it doesn't have a back window, then it's super, it's very drift-like uh-huh. because you're not checking out your rearview mirror when you're no, drifting. why would you do that? You're right. That's mm-hmm. the drift flavor. The Polestar drift car. That's what they've done. Okay. Well, this launches in China first, no surprise, and production will be in China. And apparently in U.S. dollars, it's going to be about 60 grand. So get your windowless car immersive experience. The hyperbaric oxygen chamber called a Polestar here. Don't like your kids and they have phones? We have a car for you. Slam click. It is a new year with new products from Griot's Garage. First up is the 3-in-1 Wheel Tire and Mat Cleaner. This is a non-acidic formula that cuts brake dust and road grime on your OEM wheels, tires, and rubber floor mats. Then there's Water Spot Remover, which removes the above-surface water spots from exterior surfaces. There's Ceramic Metal Polish. It brightens, restores, and protects common metal surfaces, and it leaves a finish like you've never seen. I use some of this stuff on the Z Exhaust. It's awesome. Then there's their Citrus All-Purpose Cleaner. When Nick was on the podcast the last time, he talked this up. You have gum in the seats. You've got melted crayons. This is the stuff that works on that. It's a concentrated, powerful, non-foaming cleaner for exteriors and interiors alike. And remember that all Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all liquid products are made right here in the USA. And when you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's Griot's, G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. A couple of great car debates for everyone today. First from Drew B. in Wisconsin, who is claiming no vacancy, no room in the inn Uh for more cars. He's out of garage space, and he wants to simplify. So he's looking for recommendations. One, two, three, four, five, six cars currently in Six cars currently, yes. Mm -hmm. First of all, the 2019 RAV4, which is his wife's car. She loves it. Not going anywhere. Okay. He's got an 87 Mustang LX50 convertible. One of 107 black convertibles with leather and five-speed produced that year. Good driver quality condition. 05 Ford Mustang GT Coupe 5-speed, extra clean, all original with less than 50,000 miles. So two Mustangs. Two Mustangs, yes. 2022 Model 3 Performance. Okay. A 2005 Tundra Limited. And his son's verse vehicle, which is a Ford Explorer Police Interceptor model from 2016. I have two thoughts real quick. Hang on. Whoa, Drew. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Oh, his son's not even driving yet. It's his not, son's not, not for driving six yet. He will be driving a 2016 Ford Explorer Police <laughs> Interceptor style truck. First off, those are quick. Yeah, they are. They are genuinely quick. Our friend Chad, who's been here before, local police officer, he was driving Tahoe's forever. Yeah. And, and you have to understand, yeah. he's, he mentioned it when he was here, but, he, but he's a local sheriff, and he was driving Tahoe's forever. 
And the Summit County Sheriff actually has a fairly wide jurisdiction. Yeah, it's and there's a big stuff county. that goes on in Park City, but then there's other stuff across Summit County, and it may be ten or fifteen minutes at normal freeway speed. So he w- he would joke with us because we would make daily triple jokes. He was like, "Guys, it's how many <laughs> I do per shift," because he would get a call for the other side of the county, and they would put on the lights and they would barrel there as fast as they could in their Tahoes while and he's listening to the podcast. Of course he would. Yes, yeah. exactly. And thank thank you, Chad, for doing that. But the funny <laughs> thing is, when they started getting those police interceptors in, he was like, "Oh, I want one of those." Because yeah. being car guys and police officers, they found a location where they drag raced the Tahoe and the Explorer, and the Explorer blew the Tahoe away, so he promptly got one of the Explorers. My point is, that is a throwdown, quite powerful vehicle for your son's first car, and also, he's going to be driving around with people thinking he's a police officer. Yeah, that... Mm. There's interesting things going on there. Okay, brace yourself for your son driving that. I wonder, hmm, has Drew landed upon the perfect way to prevent a young driver from getting a ticket? Maybe he has, He's, yeah. Drew, you've landed yeah, on something for sure. here. Get your child in an old retired police car. Go to police auction. They, well, there was actually a kid locally in Park City that got a charger. Yeah. Okay, he was a high school kid here in Park City. When I first moved here, he got a charger, and he painted it up to look kind of like a police officer and he put a cartoon caricature B on the side like bumblebee because Utah is is a bumblebee state and all this kind of stuff and it looked at a glance like it was a cop car he loved that so much he had so much fun around town he loved the double takes that he did so yeah this is this may be simultaneously genius and terrifying I mean, Drew, when I was 16, I definitely got a ticket. I was going too fast, and I got a ticket, and that was my first ticket. And yeah, you you just do. As new drivers, it's probably (laughs) going to happen. But you have bought the invisibility cloak for 16-year-old drivers. Unbelievable. Well, Drew's been a lifelong car enthusiast. Collectively, he and his wife have owned over 40 vehicles. Mm. Heavy on Ford. 12 of those 40 have been Mustangs. Wow. I think you've done the Mustang thing. Well done. Including the two currently in the stable. They're both manuals. But he admits they sit in storage a majority of the year. Mm -hmm. And and he goes further. I thought, okay, so they're special to him. The next sentence is, (laughs) neither vehicle has much sentimental value to me. And he could sell either one at the current market rate and essentially make money or at least get his money out. Yeah, he just destroyed that notion. Sorry, spoiler alert here, Drew. Why are you keeping the Mustangs? Anyway, we'll we'll circle back. I'm not sure either. Well, up until recently, he was driving a 2015 Dodge Caravan, but he has now begun the search to replace this daily driver. So he's looking for a daily. The point of this debate is a daily driver Mm -hmm. that he can enjoy, something fast, something practical that has a back seat. And able to handle a Wisconsin winner. The interesting thing here about the progression for Drew for his daily driver is that, again, he had this Dodge Caravan for five years. And then he went looking. And he was like, you know what? I'm not going to do an American V8. I don't want to get a Hellcat or a Mustang. He ended up narrowing down his search to two vehicles, the BMW M240i and a Tesla Model 3 Performance. The BMW dealer said, we can put you on the list. And Tesla said, when would you like yours, sir? So he bought the Tesla. He bought Naturally. it last year in June, which again, you you heard that's in the stable. So he has this 2022 Tesla Model 3 performance and he's had it since June of last year. He's enjoyed 9,000 trouble-free miles. By the way, any car you buy new 9,000 miles in should be able to be described as trouble-free. 
Okay. This is true. There is no car out there that 9,000 miles in is acceptable to go, but we've had these problems. Okay. <laughs> so he's had, he's had it for 9,000 miles and it's been perfect as it should have been. The JD Power thing. Seriously. Said, what, yeah. So he miles. said he added snow tires this past winter and it made the car amazing in the snow. You know what? Winter tires do. They make every car amazing in the snow. They do. Whatever the car is. But he said, this is the fascinating thing. He said, but he just finds himself missing the sound and dynamics of an internal combustion engine car, despite the fact that he knows nothing can touch the three-second or so zero to 60 blast available in that electric car. Ultimately, this is the interesting thing. He's had no problems with the Tesla. It's done everything he's asked it to do. He was able to get it. He got it. He got the right price for it. All of those things. It was a perfectly good winter car. He's just bored. <laughs> That's the truth yes, of it. You're right. Well, fast forward to November, and he stumbled upon a 2005 Toyota Tundra Limited quad cab, six and a half foot bed in near showroom condition. He couldn't resist the price and the utility of having a truck, so he just decided to pick that right up. <laughs> this is where he creates his own problem, because then he tells us about these six cars and his current non-six-car garage space. Mm. He has a small two-car garage on the house. And he has a small detached two-and-a-half-car garage, which means you can pack them tightly and get probably three cars in there, which is what he's done. He was able to store the truck and both Mustangs in the two-and-a-half-car garage by doing some Tetris in there. Meanwhile, remember that uh, that Explorer that's waiting on his son? That lives in a carport outside the garage. So that has its, like, outdoor storage. So that's where that is. But his problem is two Mustangs and a truck are crammed in two-and-a-half garage spaces while the Tesla and the RAV4 sit in the house garage. Anytime he wants to drive a truck or a Mustang back to Tetris, he's got to get another person out there, which at this point is probably his wife because his son doesn't drive for six months, and play Tetris with cars to get them out, which means they don't get driven. You know, Drew, if you want to have some fun with that Explorer, you can. Uh, you and your son can take it and just park it out uh, on your neighborhood roads. Yes. Just park it and leave it out there. You don't even have to leave it in the carport. You can store that anywhere. <laughs> You're understanding, right? I, um, you can park that anywhere. It will be left alone. Mm-hmm. Gosh, you'll just be doing the public a service because everybody will slow right down. I knew I knew a film executive when I was in L.A. who lived in a very exclusive neighborhood. But because it's L.A., if you use Waze or whatever, invariably what happens in, in L.A. is you get rerouted around traffic and suddenly watch the, watch the old Steve Martin movie, very funny movie called L.A. Story, where he drives through people's backyards to get to work. This is how you drive in L.A. You have your route that is nowhere near a main road. You're going through somebody's back door practically to get through the simplest, most efficient way to get to work. And this happens, and as traffic is a moving animal, it's a living being almost in a place like L.A., the way keeps changing. So at some point, this film executive's very quiet, nice neighborhood wound up on a route that was starting to become common for commuting. And he got so frustrated. True story. He got so frustrated, he went out and bought at a police auction an old black and white classic police California, you've seen them in a million movies, police cruiser. And he parked it in his neighborhood. Seriously. And just parked it there. And for a while, it worked. But I was talking. Then people to, catch but on. But I was talking right? to his assistant after a while, and he didn't <laughs> think the rest of it through long term because he essentially—I don't even know if the thing ran when parked. I mean, literally, he just put it there. I don't know if it ran at all. And of course, his whole purpose was to buy it as a piece of essentially just slow down sculpture. <laughs> so Crown six, Vic, so six months. Sculpture. So six months in, <laughs> it's filthy. It's covered in leaves. Oh. It has never moved, and now everybody's wise. He never like. Took it out, washed it, drove it, parked it somewhere else. He just 
let it rot in place uh-huh. and more than six months. And when I was talking to this, this assistant about it, it had been there for years. Oh, see, yeah. So people that are, then, then it fails, on. yeah. Because you've got regular commuters who do the route, and they look in, and, they and slow no, down. Okay. And no yeah. police car ever is going to look like five years worth of filth. That's never going to happen. No. They've got, they're getting them washed every day. But see, Drew can move his Explorer around. He can, yes. He can place it in different locations. I mean, I've solved your parking problem. <laughs> we you can just leave that anywhere in town. More fun <laughs> with that Explorer than I ever thought we would. I love it. Well, Drew would ideally like to be able to have everything inside, but easily drive any vehicle whenever he chooses. But, you know, because of that uh, Tetris, the the, uh, the Tetris situation, yeah. he has to move stuff. So this means eliminating one to two vehicles. Really? We're going to stop there? <laughs> you do have just six. Just two, huh? You have six and four parking spaces, not counting the car park. Here's what kind of frosts my chestnuts here. Uh-oh. And that is with the Tundra, he has that utility winter vehicle when things get really ugly. Yes. But then he goes on to say he doesn't really want to make it a daily driver for the winter. That's what it's designed to do. That's what it's for. Sure, yeah. Tundra equals winter. Put winter tires on the Tundra. It can handle the Wisconsin winters. I guarantee you. True, true, yeah. That should be. Otherwise, what are you going to use it for? You're you're commuting in the other car that we're shopping for. Agree. agree. I'm going to tease you a little bit. I'm Mm -hmm. going to continue to tease you, Drew. It's uh, just all in good fun, all right? It's what we do here, yes. Well, Drew says if he sold the Mustangs, he knows it would be a short matter of time before he would want to offload the Tesla for something that makes noise. Mm. And he says he knows he's going to take a bath, especially with recent price adjustments. Really? Teslas are, I think, still in fairly high demand. Even used ones? Are they? Are you going to take a bath? They've, or you, can you get turned. out for just... They've turned. Are, are we at the turning point now? They have turned. and, and also Because why not just that, push the button on your browser to order a new one and it shows and up the fact right? that the new ones are getting cheaper and cheaper yeah, and yeah. he bought now granted you have the performance models so that might help you a little bit but he bought one of the two most mass marketed ones if he had an older model s then maybe but the yeah. threes and the y's the y's are practically a plague you go to los angeles it's like why 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 model y model yeah y. they're everywhere yeah, so you probably will lose a little bit on it but i don't think you'll lose a ton but yeah I, I, anyway okay i mean if you theoretically Wanted to keep it because you think we would take a bath. You could get rid of that Explorer, the police interceptor model, and give mm. the Tesla to your son, even though driving an EV for a new Ooh. driver is that's a lot of power for yeah. a new driver. So, yeah, I, I didn't you're, think that you're walking that back now, aren't you? Now, I didn't now, think that through. Now, too the well. Explorer seems like the safer, much slower but the Explorer's vehicle. Explorer is a tuned it? up Explorer, too. Yes. I mean, the that's still gonna quick. Be, that's going to be a bit of a bullet. Yeah, for sure. You know, your son is going to hear this podcast, Drew, uh-huh. and he's going to now think of ways where he can park that thing when he does start driving. <laughs> I'm just sitting here eating my lunch. What? He's, he's plotting Innocently. as he listens. Hello to you and your family, because uh-huh. this has become a family discussion, I can tell already. Yeah. <laughs> Drew does not want to spend more than mid $60,000 with his preference being something substantially less because okay. he's got a minimal commute about 45 miles a week with hindsight. Maybe he should have bought that M240i or maybe an RS3. Mm. If you have not yet seen our RS3 video, it just came out on yep. our test drive channel. Yep. Check that out. He's also entertaining a used 911 Carrera four borderline back seat or a 2020 or newer Mustang GT adding all-weather tires. Why did you bring up the Mustang? You've had 12 of them. The uh-huh. two you have, including in that 12, are barely driven. Uh-huh. And here you're entertaining another Mustang? I agree. Am I taking crazy pills? You're not. I, I totally agree. I had the exact same thought. I was like, we have <laughs> drew. And here's the thing. The 2020 and up Mustang GT, very good. There's, I'm not going to say don't don't get that car, but the problem is Drew, don't get that car. Not you. You've had right. too many. It's time for something completely different. Yeah. So why do you need a back seat? You mm. said you want some back seat practicality, but then we talk about commuting and 45 miles 
a week just one way is mm-hmm. just you in the car, right? There's no dropping kids off anywhere. Your son's about to be driving. I'm not sure why the backseat is necessary. I do agree with that, yeah. The implication is just you, Drew. Mm-hmm. It is, yes. That's how it seems. Well, let's sell some cars first. Let's do that. I agree. Sell the two Mustangs and sell the Tesla. I'm sorry that it, you might take a bath, but maybe you could make it up by making some money on the Mustangs. Maybe a touch. I agree. I've got the exact same list. The Mustangs, sell the those Mustangs three. and the Tesla all go. We're down to three. So now you've got that Tundra mm-hmm. for winter duty. I do think you should put winter tires on it. I do think you should bash around in the winter because it's not new. It's coming up on 20 years old, and I know you said showroom fresh, but the price was right. It's time to drive that thing in the winter. It's a 20-year-old truck. It's definitely the perfect winter standby, and also you bought it as the utility because, I mean, you said right, right away you like that. You like the utility of potentially having a truck, and the price was right. I think, and you've also even mentioned in here a couple times that the only time you really think you'd drive it for sure is when things are really ugly. Okay, so keep it in that thing. So on the worst of the days you need to get somewhere, okay, it's Tundra. But how? even in Wisconsin, how many of those the very worst days are going to happen when you can put winter tires on whatever else you get? No to another Mustang. N-O. I agree. No. Let's move on. In fact, I went this far. If you're going to consider the Mustang, Drew, please don't get the Mustang. Have you driven the recent Camaro? I know I'm probably speaking sacrilege. Gonna Somebody in the family is, is about to throw the podcast across the room. I know that's what's happening. Somebody's finger is hovering over the pause button right. as we speak. But my point is, you've experienced the Mustang. So at least, I'm not saying buy one. I know that's probably a bridge too far. But you need to go drive a recent Camaro. You like the big V8s. You've been a Mustang guy. Please drive a Camaro. I love your M240 idea. I actually like the M230i idea because it's a little Interesting. bit Kind of like that a little bit better. You're talking about the, the, the very recent one, the brand new one? Yeah, the brand okay, new one. Sure. A little bit lighter in the front, yeah, less yeah, power, yeah. less money. Mm-hmm. If we're doing that, have you looked at a Supra? Just saying. It's just you. I see it. The car. I see it. I also like the Audi RS3 idea. And in that review, a little bit of a spoiler alert, we discussed its competition. It mm-hmm. did include that M240i, but we also mentioned the CLA45, the current yes. CLA45 running around that is, is crazy fun. gnarly monster. Yes. It's so good. And they are 60-65, somewhere in there. The, the one we had, the loaded out uh, <laughs> press car journalist model was 70 yeah, they've been out for a little bit of time. <laughs> you probably find, that's yeah. got to be a trim package. Totally, somebody, somebody's probably going to be journalist BMW box because they built just there it is like yeah. one or two versions of things. Yeah, they do the journalist trim package. You know it, yeah. <laughs> that just means everything. Mm-hmm. In case you're and you're going to get rid of it at five thousand miles. <laughs> exactly. What that means? You bought it. Well, nine, it was, nine, it was nine thousand. It was way too expensive. You get rid of it at five thousand miles. <laughs> that's the journalist package right there. Yeah. Our piece on the new Subaru WRX was just released, Drew, and I realize as of this recording, the WRX is a year or more old. True, yeah. We hadn't driven it yet. We compared the WRX to the Elantra NDCT, and mm-hmm. these were both cars that weren't manuals. Yep, true. They were the alternative transmissions, the other guys. Yes, the other guys, yes. You want some practicality, which both of these have, and for the most part, they're available to buy because... We did have somebody uh, send us a message. I, I forget who at the moment. I did see somebody said on YouTube that there was an RS3 at a dealership near them. Sure, yeah. But that's not all the time. They're hard to find. BMWs might be, but still. And and the, the higher-end stuff is just you're a bit more of a chase. Not that it can't be done, but if, if you really want those, I really do suggest driving it. But I'm wondering, you have two average Mustangs. Mm-hmm. I don't mean an insult by that. They're just not the special editions, okay? Mm-hmm. 
that you don't drive now. Agreed. Agreed. So getting a sixty to $65,000 car, are you going to drive that more than you do the Mustangs mm, if we're placing question. values on things? Interesting question. Maybe you will. Yeah. Maybe you're just, you know what? This is my commuter. I'm just going to go have fun and drive it. But now I'm driving an expensive car. Ooh, I don't want to drive it, mm-hmm. especially in a Wisconsin winter or on the fringes, either you know, in April or October. Sure. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to drive it in there either. So you're just going to drive the truck, but you want something fun to drive. So why haven't you considered the new WRX? Interesting. Okay. It's got right. great Recaros in it. It does. The seats are phenomenal. Fantastic. The best you have to get the upper trim to get the good seats. You do. They are, they are very, very good. Now, one has the noise. That's the Elantra. Mm-hmm. One's got the all-wheel drive. That's the WRX. But mm-hmm. both have great space. They're good power and generally fun to drive. They're not the most hardcore of hardcore sports cars. But if we're going down that road, mm. like a Supra, you've got the Tundra. True. You yeah. still got the ten. I that's still in my hip pocket over I here see that, yeah. with winter tires. I do want you to drive it, Be- and I know whatever sports car we get you, you're going to want to do the slidey fun thing, and I think you should. <laughs> More of that, yeah. I I think you should look at both of these cars because I think they're kind of interesting for your situation, and they have back seats. I lean on Supra if we're not mm-hmm. if we're not going to do anything manual automatic. You can choose both flavors. And again, I'm staying away from things like the Civic Type R and like the GR Corolla. As much as I would love sure, to suggest sure, those, yeah. we're still running into the dealer markup and availability issues with those cars. Mm-hmm. Those are interesting to consider. I yeah, want yeah. something that you can get now. I see it. That's good. I've got a couple that I want to talk through, especially, Drew, the ones you already brought up. First off, yes, I do think the RS3 is very interesting. I think it is an option here. Um, It is a lot more character than the Golf R, but, of course, you could consider the Golf R as an alt. That is something you could go out and get. You brought up the 911 Carrera 4, and my short answer to that is, yeah, sure, it would work. You pick your year, pick your mileage. How high can you go up in the price point? I mean, you could get one for 40-something, and you could get one for 60-something, and it'd be a swing on the category of year and mileage. So do you want one of those? It would certainly work. So those are kind of known commodities that could work. I have two others I want to bring up that are very, very different than each other. And then I have my favorite for you, Drew. Excellent. First off, let's get you something that is totally unlike anything you've had before. The Alpha Julia all-wheel drive. Oh, the all-wheel drive flavor. Yeah. It's great looking. It's four doors, four seats. It's You've had nothing like it at all. Now I'm talking, we're not talking the big quadrifolio here. I'm talking about the four cylinder, which is like 250 horsepower and torque, which sounds like nothing in the modern time. I realize that you're coming out of a model three performance. You're going to be like, where did the power go? I get it. But <laughs> yeah. that car has fantastic dynamics. Yeah. It sounds okay, even though it's a four cylinder and it's just, it's fun to drive and be in. So that's why I thought something totally different for you, but it is, here's the thing. It is a, a trade off for your model three. It does. If you think about it, it's kind of model three sized, Mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. a very different animal. So I, you could do that. If you really wanted to push your budget, your $60,000 budget could get you into the Quadrifolio, which would have a fantastic sound, but you would lose the all-wheel drive. I would love, Drew, for you to put winter tires on that and just rock that car year-round. That's a sweet ride. The Quadrifolio has it is fantastic seats, an amazing voice. It is yeah. that That is the car that, even though it's, the Model 3 is probably still faster, you wouldn't care. The Quadrifolio you would yeah. be so happy with. But I think even the base all-wheel drive, if you want to go that way, would be very interesting. Another one I thought of, all-wheel drive with a good voice. Don't recommend this car very often. The Jaguar F-Type 400. Oh, that's the interesting. all-wheel drive Jaguar F-Type. They're harder, a little hard to find, but they're out there. You could get them for your budget. 
The all-wheel drive F-Type is the 911 Alt. Mm-hmm. Okay? And since mm-hmm. you're not a guy who's talking about how here's all the back roads I bomb down, here's all the tracking that I do, yeah, I might go, you know what, that. maybe we should worry about 911 over Jaguar F-Type. But the F-Type on normal roads in all-wheel drive, yeah. There was a guy here recently in Park City. I haven't seen him in the last like year, so he probably moved. But prior to that, bright red all-wheel drive F-Type, he drove it all winter, and he was my hero. Oh, I would yeah. see him every winter. I didn't see him this winter. Didn't see him this winter. But every winter, bright red, you could see him for miles because everything's covered in white and everything's out there in gray scale cars and here's this red sporting dot and it's that guy and i was like you are the man so anyway yeah, that's all wheel drive f-type is the one but i think with the stuff you've toyed with with the stuff you're interested in you know what you could get for your budget is an early first gen bmw m2 hmm. go get the m2 the early ones they sold before they did the engine swap at the competition yeah, I mean, for the money you're going to pay for a new M240, you are suddenly shopping for M2s. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You could get an M2, a first-gen M2, and have a, frankly, better-looking, better-driving, more interesting car than the updated 2 Series. Which is still a fast, great car. It's a fast, great car with a usable back seat, and I think it is a better car all around than the current 240. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So anyway, Plus I think you got transmission options there too. You, you can land in the first gen M2 and then it gets the BMW thing done. And I think you would like that a lot. That is the place I'm landing for you, but there's a lot of good considerations happened here. The big headline though, Drew, <clears throat> is the Tesla and the Mustangs are going. Bye-bye. There they go. They're going. And do not encourage your son to impersonate a police officer. No. Because I'm sure that's easy and, and the temptation will creep mm-hmm. in. I mean, even you had the wagon lights on your, you know, the the lights that go back and forth. I, uh, I will system admit, on your headlights on your Caprice. I will admit you showed those to me one time, and I went, "This is cool. We should." No, we shouldn't. Yeah, I admit in college, in a fit of wow, that would be easy. <laughs> I wired a little box into my gray Caprice Classic <laughs> that made the headlights go back and forth. Boom, 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 boom. Didn't you use those once? I did use those once. Yeah. I, you've told that story before. Mm, you impersonated yes. an officer. Kind, kind of. Of I, the I didn't, law. I didn't, I didn't pull anybody over. I just went down a back road and a couple people got out of my way. That's all that happened. Okay? <laughs> That's all that happened. Okay? Just anyway. don't use that spotlight. I'm sure don't the spotlight's still attached. Do not shine that into other cars. Drew, Drew's, Drew's son, yeah. this, is a, this was a terrible idea I had. I'm telling you right now, it was a terrible idea. Park that thing anywhere, man. Ming's writing in from Los Angeles. He has a car debate because they recently moved to L.A. and they totally changed their garage. And now he wants to change it again. He's said he's actually been a patron supporter for a while. Ming, thank you so much. And a reminder that our patron supporters are, are a part of our Discord community, which has a fantastic life of its own. I was just reading today about people that just got back from a Tale of the Dragon adventure that you and I didn't even know happened. Big group of four awesome. or five of them got together. Awesome. Tail of the Dragon had an amazing event. Yes. It's really cool. People are buying cars, selling cars, doing other car debates. All kinds of awesome stuff is going on there. We have some things, and I can't even tell you all of it right now, but we have some things coming up that are going to be new things available and changing on our Patreon. So if you want to be a patron, you can go to everydaydriver.com. There is the link there. Ming, thanks for being with us. But the key thing for you on this story is that in 2019, you and your wife moved to Los Angeles. The cars at the time were a Volkswagen Golf 7th Gen, and a Lexus NX. And it became a 2020 Macan S for your wife and a 2020 Mazda 3 for you. And the Mazda 3 wasn't interesting enough, so almost a year later, you changed the Mazda 3 out for a Lexus RCF that you modded with exhaust and intake. I never think of, you know what I should do to a Lexus RCF? Mod it. Mod it. (laughs) 
<laughs> but Ming did it. He liked it better. He said he liked the power, he liked the interior quality, but the driver's seat headspace is very limited. And he said the low ground clearance means that he scratches the underbody he feels like any time he goes in anywhere. This January, Ming changed that RCF into a brand new 2023 BMW X1. Now I'm going to stop right there because he then acknowledges this reality and it keeps permeating away through this email that now they have two of the same kind of car. They have a <laughs> yeah, BMW X1 yeah. and his wife has a Macan S. Oops. They had a look at the EV route, but he really dislikes Tesla's. But this Macan S has a warranty that will expire soon. And he does admit, like we just realized on the last debate, they're everywhere in LA. In white, gray, or black. The Teslas are everywhere, yes. The interior is cheap. They tried the new BMW iX. If you haven't seen an iX, everyone, I think you'll know it when you see it because you're like, <laughs> what is that abomination? Whoa, BMW iX. <laughs> okay, this yeah. is the mm-hmm. brave new world that we live in. iX, everybody. Is it a brave new world or is it just an ugly new world? Just because wait till you see the XM. Oh, <clears> it's, <throat> it's not getting better. It, the, so this is the thing. This this Macan S, they're, they're toying. And, and this is a funny thing. I'm going to, spoiler alert here. We're headed toward the five options that Ming laid out for us. And then he tries to get us to tell him the option that he really wants us to do, which I think is hysterical. <laughs> but the key thing, the catalyst for all of this thinking here, because the, the, the X1 is really cool, and the Macan is really cool, but since the Macan is heading out of warranty, they're thinking maybe we should go somewhere else, but don't, want to te- don't like the Tesla. They drove the iX, which I think is also really funny, because you're trying to get away from cars that are the same. <laughs> You Say bought, no more. You bought a BMW at <laughs> no X1, and now you went and drove the iX. And oh, my gosh. Yeah, you like the interior, but you can't accept the exterior. But the problem is you were shopping another car of the same kind. So they're trying to figure out what to do with this Macan. Do they move on? Now, the nice thing is the budget has got a huge swing. It's like it's like a Paul limiter swing. It starts at 60000 but it goes as high as one hundred and thirty. Ming is an ideal client. He is an ideal <laughs> an ideal <laughs> car debate. Would you not say? Yes. 60 to 130. I'd like to spend 60,000, but I might be able to spend more twice, than double. As, twice that much. Yeah, that's that's hysterical. Yes. And they can push that up a bit if really needed. Wow. Okay. All right. A few Op- requirements. Options. His wife recently mentioned that she has never driven a sports car. And further reading indicates that she wants to drive a sports car. Yes. It's one thing to say, well, I've never driven a sports car. You, you could you could say that like I've never driven a sports car right. and followed by I never would either. Right. But it's like, you know what I haven't had? Correct. You know what could be cool? That's where Ming is. They only have long drives on weekends with their only six year old son. And he does realize that he's got two of the same thing. <laughs> and you and you're shopping the same thing again. You have the X one, you shop the IX. Stop it. That's so funny. Stop it. Well, for option number one, don't do anything. Don't buy a new car. Keep that Macan S because mm-hmm. it's fully paid off. Mm-hmm. For another five years. Okay. He does feel their Macan lacks the critical adaptive cruise and 360-degree parking that would be really helpful for these L.A. long drives. That's right. When you start at one corner, 90 minutes later, guess what? You're still in L.A. You are. It's a a massive city. Even without traffic, it's a massive city. Yes. So they don't use the Macan as much as they do their X1 because of the lacking of critical features like this. And they also noticed that the function of the, the Macan S and the X1 are exactly the same. By the way, I want, to, I want to come back to the fact, so would be the case if you had the X1 and the 1X, I mean, the IX. I'm just saying. Well, that's true. That we are duplicating things. I mean, EV versus gas yeah. and kind of the same thing. One doesn't look like the other. 
Option number two, they could pre-order a Polestar 3 with a delivery date of February 2023. So that one has a back window, right? That does have a back window. You could wait for the four, though. You could though, wait for the four. And have why the have a back window? Your son could have that immersive, immersive sensory deprivation experience. Yes. What about his wife's sudden interest in a sports car? So then, you know what they could do? They could put an order in for a Lotus Amira. No, you can't have one. I want one. No, they put a Lotus, Lotus uh, <laughs> Amira order in. They could keep the X1 for long drives, and they could both have fun with the Amira. So now they're trading off. He said, fun car, long wait line. They would need to possibly buy or rent another small SUV on the days when both of them need a four-seat car. But he said that happens maybe a dozen times a year. So I like your thinking here, men, a lot. I really do. But that's an interesting one. Then he goes to four which is curveball of curveballs. Keep in mind that budget. Keep in mind that budget they suggested. They could buy a a red or gray or yellow Ferrari 360. Record scratch. And keep the Macan. I'm going to circle back to this. Yeah, I know. And he says, I'm worried about the Ferrari maintenance because he said he's heard it can amount to as much as $4,000 for an oil change. Now, the 360 is not an engine-out car, so it can't be that bad, but it is certainly Ferrari maintenance. You are maintaining a Ferrari and then the last one, number five, is sell the Macan S, order a Porsche 911 base. But he said the 911 S, it seems like overkill for his wife. So that's why he'd go with a 911 base. And then he says, <laughs> I love this. What do we think? Followed by, please, please tell me that the best option is option <laughs> one, which to re- review is keep the Macan S for another five years and do nothing. I am floored by the variety because I, I got to start with the questions to you and your wife. And that is, what do you want the sports car to do? Mm. She's never driven a sports car, meaning she wants to go drive one. Mm-hmm. But I don't get the idea that you would do these road trips that you reference. Sure. Yeah. That you would take the sports car to do them in because you want to take your son. Yeah. There are cars out there that have genuinely their sports cars and they've got four seats, but that's not really what, the idea that I get. Cause I was thinking, are you looking for more of a GT car? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, if we're talking Ferrari, like GT Luso, you know, GT4 Luso. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Something no. like that. Okay, yeah, all right. I, I see where I you just went. promptly doubled your doubling of your... Yeah, <laughs> while we're doubling, let's just... Uh, yeah. But if you're considering a 911, why not shop slightly used? Because there's tons of 911s of all models in your price range. Absolutely. Tons and tons and tons. Yes. Just prove me wrong. Go on autotempest.com and mm-hmm. search for 911s in yes. that price range. Yes, for sure. There will be... 50,000 pages long. Yes, it's going to take your pick of 911 builds. There is no reason to run out and buy a new one. You can find one like you like currently available on Auto Tempest for less than 130K. Lots less. So I'm trying to really understand the sports car feel. Mean, I think that just means you want to just take it out and have fun with it. You might yeah, do some yeah. errands. You might do a little bit of commuting. But for the most part, this is just the fun car because the X1 will continue to serve your needs well. And you, mm-hmm. you really like it. And it's brand new. Mm-hmm. We actually have an X3, 2023 X3 coming. It's similar mm-hmm. to that X1, a little bit bigger, but still, I get it. They're really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good stuff there. So I am starting you off on the Everyday Driver Nutrition Pyramid. Oh, look at you. Ming, I, I like your Emir idea. I really do. Okay. But as you mentioned, there's a long wait for that. So start with this Nutrition Pyramid of cars. You're doing drive homework, aren't you? I am. Because I am too. Start with a Z3. Oh, that's good. Sports car feel. Mm-hmm. Sports car. That's a sports car feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> 10 grand. Cheap. <laughs> 10 grand. Let's do that. And then you work your way up. Have it for six months. Mm-hmm. Work your way up to a GR86. 
Can we all agree that the GR86 is a sports car? Yes, absolutely. We don't have to spend 60 to 130. Yeah, you're, look at you. I mean, you just hang on. You've just halved his doubled budget. I, I just know. like that notice. See, I'm I very impressed. You could, you, I can go all the way to Ferrari. Wow, I'm impressed. You you brought it back. Well done. I think that's got to be one of the most fun sports cars currently available. I agree. Yes, absolutely. And then maybe you have that for just a little bit. And then you work your way up to a Supra or a Z car, something like that. And then you work your way up to a Cayman. Mm-hmm. So you're getting some more nutrition at this mm-hmm. point. And hopefully by that time, your Emira might be ready and be delivered. And then you will reach the zenith of sports cars, <laughs> which we all believe to be the Emira. We are hopefully getting one very soon. We'll see. However, it's going to take a while. And so I want you to have experiences as you wait. Because who's to say that you will love that Emira? I mean, mm-hmm. we think it's all going to be amazing, and it probably will be. Are you going to not drive it? I wouldn't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, I want you to have sports car experiences while you wait for anything. Pick the sports car that you believe will be the penultimate. This is what we want. You guys have a sports car to drive. Get that sports car feeling. I don't understand why that feeling can't be achieved with a GR86 mm-hmm. or one of these others that I suggested. Sure. Yeah, so yeah. pick that, but work your way up. And, and over time, you know, you've got a few years to go sample some others and you don't have to spend a lot of money to do it. Mm-hmm. And then you've got all these experiences. And then when you reach that, not only have you experienced them, but hopefully your driving skills have improved too and understanding how sports cars work and what you need to think about. When Todd and I go for a drive, we think about tires. We look at the weather and we just think, okay, tires on the car. All right, I need to back off because I'm on summer tires and mm-hmm. it's kind of cold and rainy out or it's snowing or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Or I'm on winter tires, so I cannot expect to do the things that I do on other yeah. tires. Yeah, yeah. That is always paramount, even in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Lastly, let's leave the nutrition pyramid aside. Okay. What about a C8 Corvette? Oh, that's a good one. A C8 Corvette. Yep. Not the Z06, but just a Stingray. Mm-hmm. The most compromised sports car ever. <laughs> and it will work for you because it fits bodies of all shapes and sizes. Yes. The doors open normally. Mm-hmm. It does have good ground clearance to go over the sleeping policeman. Well, you can get the, the nose lift too. You can yeah. get the nose lift. You, it's got loads of power, even in Stingray form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. with the Z51 package, 495 horsepower. We've got plenty of power. Mm-hmm. It's even got a trunk that can hold stuff. Mm-hmm. And with the C8 Corvette, I believe the stereotypes around Corvettes and who drives them and how they drive mm-hmm. them have maybe if not shattered, but greatly reduced. They've certainly lessened. I agree. They with are that. for yeah. everyone. Yeah, if you're interested in a Corvette, the C8 is for you. They are brilliant, brilliant cars to drive. It can act as a GT car. It can be a hardcore sports car. It's kind of like a 911 in that sense. It's got like it. muscle That's car good. kinds of feel yeah, to yeah. it, but yet it's still a Corvette and the Stingray version still adheres to the Corvette ethos, which mm. is, as much incredible sports cars you can buy for a fairly low price in comparison to the pantheon of sports cars that are out there. Do not buy, do not do option four. Ferrari 360, stay away. I can't imagine you guys would go out and beat on your 360 because I agree. The maintenance is going to shock you. Ming, it's interesting. What I love about this podcast is Paul and I don't ever prep together. No, we do And not. it's amazing how many times we align. I also really like it when we couldn't be further away from each other. But it's also kind of fun. There's a lot of things that are aligning. But I, I noticed two things in your five options, Ming, and I want to I pull out of two things. First off, I want everybody to remember, you guys live in Los Angeles, okay? What you really want me to do is pick option one, which is keep the Macan S for five more years. 
please three times. Yes. Three pleases. Mm-hmm. But in here, you have the weird curveball of option four, which is buying a Ferrari 360 and keeping the Macan S. And I, I'm pulling those two out because I noticed something. For some reason, starting with number four, you have alerted us to the fact that you are able to have three cars. Up until this point, it hasn't been a three-car email. But suddenly with option number four, you're keeping the X1, you're keeping the Macan mm. S, and you might buy a third car, a crazy sports car, a Ferrari 360, which says to me, hang on, I'm going to do a hybrid of your number one. You are keeping the Macan S for right now. Because the other thing that I take away from this is your wife would like to have a sports car, but I don't get the sense that she really has much experience, if any, in having a sports car. Mm-hmm. And what I'm very worried about you doing is selling the Macan, buying a sports car, and a month in, your wife says, you know, I like driving this, but I don't like it for our life. Mm. I don't want to – we live in Los Angeles. I don't like whatever. I didn't like going to the store in it. I felt nervous about it here. You know, I sat in traffic. I didn't like whatever, okay? So here's what you do. It is drive homework. It's exactly where Paul went. It's just I'm not having you buy anything for now. Right now you have the Macan S – and the X1, and you and your wife, and heck, take your son because he will love it. You guys have a six-month drive homework process. Six months of homework? Well, I'm, I'm saying— You I, are mean. No, no, no. I'm saying I'm giving you six months to do it. Okay. All right. Because fair. I, I don't have that much. To, you could do it in a week if you wanted. But here's my, here's my thing. 911, Cayman or Boxster, MX-5 Miata, Supra, Lotus, Evora, not Emira, because you can go out and buy an Evora right now. You can, Yes. Here's what I want you to do. Drive all of those and have a real serious conversation with your wife and get, and get honest about it. What do I like about each of those cars we just drove? What do I dislike about each of those cars we just drove? And could I actually see myself driving it around Los Angeles? Mm. I'm not saying perfect day, perfect road, because those are glorious. Those are fun in a minivan. You take a good sports car, it's, it's practically a religious experience in Los Angeles. Okay, That's true. But I'm talking about the 405 in traffic, or I got stuck because there was yeah. a wreck coming back from the grocery store. Could you imagine your life in one of those sports cars? And would you actually drive it, or would you be scared to? You haven't bought anything yet. You've mm-hmm. actually experienced different sports cars at different price points. Now have a real serious conversation about, do I want to do this? Now, if it was me, yes. But I've said many times, I've said many times, if I commuted on the 405, I would not own a Lotus Elise. I've said that many times on this podcast because it just wouldn't be fun in that scenario. But depending upon how your life is structured, you could have a third car that is just a fun car. And then because you've gone through this list of drive homework and you've decided what you like and dislike about each of those cars, I love the 86 you brought up, be a great one to put in there as well. You might end up buying something that's 30 grand or you might go, you know, we should get in a mirror. But my concern is the precious factor. If you put something down for something like mm-hmm. in a mirror or the 360 or something that is aspirational and you throw down for it, I think you're going to be scared to drive it. Yeah, I we've got to scared to like that, use it. That sports car experience feeling from price. We've got to decouple yeah. that. And I also think that if whichever sports car you're going to use is the one you should buy. It might not be the one you dreamed of, but it's the one you'd get in right now to go get groceries. You've been concerned about your RCF scraping the bumper and that's made you want to get rid of it because you can't pull into places. That's true. So what's the sports car that you're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to the store and I'm taking that Ferrari 360. Exactly. So that's why you need to do the homework and then have some real conversations and then you go by and then maybe the Macan goes away. But for now it just hangs out while you go drive stuff. 
If you've got a topic Tuesday, a car conclusion, or most of all a car debate, write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Whatever car you're looking for, and wherever it's listed, you'll find it with Autotempest.com. Autotempest.com brings together results from all the top used car listing sites online to save you time and help you find the perfect car. It even lets you compare with nationwide results from Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist, not just your local area. Plus, you can now get email alerts for your search, so you're sure to never miss a thing. You can even price and find new cars from nearby dealers. That's why Auto Tempest is now the official sponsor of all of our test drive videos. We use it to search for new cars or used cars wherever they are. When you're doing your drive homework, you're chasing the next family car, or just browsing so you can see what's available, go to autotempest.com slash everyday so they know we sent you. Auto Tempest. All the cars. One search. Lots of great questions. I want to start right here with Mr. McGillicuddy on Twitter said, do manufacturers look at competitive reviews, the reviews of competition? He said, Honda got panned by many, including us, for a lack of a volume knob and eventually caved and went back to giving a volume knob on their Civic and elsewhere. A few years later, guess what, guess what Volkswagen's done? Pushed everything to the screen. He said, is, is Volkswagen yeah. not paying attention to Honda? And my, my short answer is no. <laughs> because here's the thing. Here, nope. Here's the thing. Look, look at look at the Honda progression here, real quick. Let's just take your two examples: Honda versus Volkswagen. Honda put out this this touch screen swipe thing for volume that we all hated, and then they had people come out and say this isn't working, and they changed their mind. I think if you're Volkswagen or Ford or whatever, and you want to do the same thing, you do that thing. We all do this. We we all do this. I don't care what you do for a living. You have that thing where, yeah, but they haven't seen my version yet. Yeah, but the way we're going to do it is going to work. That's the canoe thinking. And the only, We're different here, from here's, everyone. Here's the only way that an automaker has a tendency to look around and do better on the backs of others. And Hyundai's done this a lot of late, while the Elantra end is so good. If you're making a new kind of car you haven't made before, then I think the manufacturers all look around. Who's everybody in this space and what are they doing right and wrong so that we can try to do it right? But if you have a pre-established car or a pre-established mission, you just think, yeah, but they haven't seen our screen yet. Our screen's going to be good. And then when they put it out and the public goes, this is terrible. Now that manufacturer goes, oh. And then they have to reset internally. <laughs> Retreat. I, all, I think we're all just convinced that our version's going to be great. And then somebody has to tap us on the shoulder and be like, <clears throat> I'm sorry to say this, but that's not good. <laughs> Raptor has a similar question. Where do we think the larger and larger screen epidemic ends? Mm. Will regulators finally catch up with this, or do we think we'll eventually see less invasive screens in cars of the future? Or is this a case where the manufacturers push back because those screens sell, and they're easier to manufacture and therefore program? I think self-policing is going to happen, Braptor. Mm. We're already seeing it in a number of vehicles that are brand new, because keep in mind, we're getting these brand new press cars, yeah, yeah. and sometimes we're getting pre-production models. This is the pointing in the direction of that brand mm -hmm. and the screens aren't huge. Yeah, you're right. There's been a, there's in some brands, there's been a little bit of a retraction and, a, and in some cases, some buttons, some button weird. <laughs> it's almost like the design team actually consulted some ergonomics people mm -hmm. or they picked up a book and decided, <laughs> I'm kidding, but still th there's design and engineering teams that are self-policing themselves. And I believe that people noted Tesla thought it was the direction and went, you know, no, no. Well, and I think as, as manufacturers across the board are going to an all screen environment, I feel like the public and journalists are going, 
where'd all the buttons go? Yeah. Not across the board, yeah. but in general, people are missing that some things need to be actual, a tactile interaction. I don't mean haptic. I mean an actual tactile to chunk button or a flip. You know what else is great than buttons? Switches. Switches are cool. <laughs> we went to the moon on switches, folks. I'm just saying. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let's see. Mr. Gigro says, what is the best automotive wheel design of all time? He would Ooh. say the TE37 or those BBS basket weaves. Yeah. That's so classic. Th- those are classic. Yeah. Or the AMG monoblock hammer. I mean, those were cool and classy and very much of their time. I I do like the BBS wheels. I, I feel like OZ and BBS have some of the best classic designs. And mm. from here on out, they're just doing little tweaks. But they'll always sell some kind of version mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. five, six, or seven-spoke version or those basket weaves sure, or yeah. something like that. I, I see that throughout. But you know what I'm seeing now, uh, Mystic Negro, and that is uh, a lot of EV wheel designs are kind of throwing a lot of convention out because they can. Mm-hmm. They don't have mm-hmm. to just sketch here's the car with five spoke sport wheels we can kind of get away with a little bit more intricate design or you know just a, a more of slab kind they they reference those hammer wheels the the monoblock wheels mm-hmm. but they don't actually harken back to the design it's just this giant slab spoke but ultimately what they're thinking about is efficiency and never before until now have wheel designers thought efficiency they've just thought cool mm. So now that is a new element now brought into the style, which is changing wheel designs. And the other thing that is actually changing is the manufacturing process. Yeah. From an additive manufacturing process and leaps and bounds in forgings and castings. And that that is allowing wheel designers to have a little bit more freedom. Again, you'll see the five spokes on just sports cars. Mm Mm-hmm. And some variation thereof. But I, I like the metallurgy that's allowing designers to do more beautiful, thin kinds of things. So to say there's a definitive wheel design of all time, it's going to be tough. I think it's almost, we, all, we have to go by era. We almost have to go by decade. Pick your decade Here's like your wheel. the wheel that. from yeah, each okay. decade that is definitive because there's so many good ones. That's good. Jared Rose 1 has got a, a I'm sure somebody's going to be quite angry by it, no, no matter how I answer this. But he says, Mercedes, BMW. <laughs> And Audi. <laughs> one company never makes it past 1960. One continues development into the future indefinitely. And one ceases operations this year in 2023. Which one do we pick and why? Now, the problem is, if I kill any of these in 1960, there will be people writing emails that have pitchforks behind them. But I'm just going to pick one and go. I'm killing Audi at 1960. Okay. Because I like a lot of Audi product. And they've had a few things, like you think about the, the, the five cylinders and you think about the original Quattro rally sure. cars and that kind of stuff. And even the original R8, there are some things that are like, oh, Audi's doing that now. But there's not a ton of huge, like, market-defining standouts. Sure. We have okay. to reset all the Lamar wins from the, the 2000s. True, true, true. They but, go to somebody else. But, okay, so Audi doesn't make it past 1960. Mercedes continues indefinitely. I agree with that. Because they have done so now they've they've had their doldrums. They've had their their eras where they weren't as great as others, but in general with things like the S class and that kind of thing, they're always pushing for as much technology as they can possibly get. And a lot of times what Mercedes is pushing becomes standard across the industry ten or so years later. That's been very common in Mercedes history. So Mercedes continues. And honestly, this is the main place I wanted to land. 
haven't we seen enough from BMW? That Isn't is it time to be done? Because because in the 90s and oh early 2000s, BMW was the benchmark. You want to make a great-looking car that is a great driving car? Look at BMW. Think about this. The late 90s, early 2000s, the Porsches were ugly. That was the fried egg era. Oh, That okay. was the yeah. unloved era sure, of Porsche sure. when the interiors were bad, too. Okay, so Porsche wasn't working. The early 2000s was when Mercedes wasn't doing well as far as the, their, their quality had come down from the 90s. And I agree with that. They were struggling a little bit to find themselves. The late 90s, think about the Pierce Brosnan James Bond era, the late 90s and early 2000s BMW, they were killing it. That's peak BMW. And now look where they are. Can't we be done? <laughs> Isn't 2023 the year we pull the plug? Oh, that's actually pretty That's where good. I'm landing. Guys, thank you so much for all your questions. We really appreciate it. You had a throwdown. Well yeah, done, Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. We, we made it through. So we're looking forward to next time as always. But in the meantime, this Elantra N versus WRX piece is now playing on our original YouTube channel. Yep. Encourage you to go check that out. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think. And uh, we're curious to hear from you. Cheers, everyone.